As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. morning everybody this is the kfk outdoor show i'm bob sims thank you so much for tuning in today now that it's winter again <laughs> well you know i have to say it is a little unusual in mid-april that uh, uh i think it was uh, wednesday or thursday thursday i guess it was yeah thursday Uh, I live in the hills, and so I'm going to get a little bit more rain. You know, uh, I live not quite to Placerville. But uh, I got up Thursday morning, and from like 6.30 until after I went to bed that night, it did not stop raining up here. Now, it wasn't a downpour, but it was a steady, consistent rain all day long. And then... The next day, I saw how some water officials said, well, this doesn't make any difference, which is typical of what water officials say after we get a nice good rain. So you better read between the lines there. Of course, it's going to do some good. It's not going to make a huge difference, but any rain at this point is going to do some good. It rains for all day long and even more up in the hills and then snow, and it doesn't do any good. I mean, it sounds foolish, really, but I'm glad we got it. Looks like we're going to get some more. But in between these uh, these fronts that are coming through, fish are being caught. Overall, I'd have to say it has slowed every type of fishing down a little bit at times. And then, boom, the pressure starts dropping and fishing picks back up. So it's kind of a roller coaster out there. But, uh, you know, the biological clock in these fish are still ticking, especially with stripers in the river. They're here for one reason, to spawn. And black bass and uh, all three species of bass on our lakes, uh, same deal. 
They're going to be coming into the shallows. And then, uh, you know, the bite shuts down when, when the front moves over and then it gets clear, cold, and windy, and that's never good for bass fishing. But uh, uh, people still catch fish. It's just not as good. So but we're going to... We're going to uh, experience some of that today. Uh, the the ocean salmon, which we'll we'll start with here shortly, with Andy Giuliano. Um, the weather, the, the weather kicks up the ocean. It spreads the bait. It spreads the salmon. Uh, it's hard to get locked in. A lot of boats went up the Marin coast. Uh, to no avail this week. I mean, there may be some exceptions. Whereas last week. Uh, they got some fish up there, but uh, Deep Reef seems to be it. That's southwest of the Bay Area, you know, uh, kind of more out of Half Moon Bay. That's a place where the salmon gather every year. And weather permitting, the fish are there right now. Now, down in Monterey, a little different story. But yesterday was the first real spark of salmon with to the fishermen that we've seen since that, that season opened a week ago. So... Uh, there's hope there, okay? Uh, we're just getting started. April is weather month in the ocean. Weather's nice. You can get out. Uh, you'll probably get some fish, so uh, we'll get reports there. Um, striper fishing in the river. I got, you got to remember earlier, uh, just last month, I was saying, this is getting me really bothered. I mean, there was no fish. Basically, when I say no fish, you know, I mean that very few fish were caught over the winter months. And guys like uh, Clyde Wands, the old timer, and Mark Wilson, they, they fish every month of the year, and they do quite good in the winter. Uh, you know, they don't troll all the time in the winter. They bait fish. But this year, uh, just a couple of fish where they're used to catching 10 or 12 or 15 and no big fish. And that continued almost up until the beginning of April. And I'm going, and I didn't hear any reports on stripers anywhere. And I know they're the mystery fish, but this got, this had me worried. Now, from Calusa to the Delta, it's hard to find a place in the Sacramento River that doesn't have striped bass. And the last few days, uh, actually, a little bit more than that. Most most of this week, I mean, a lot of big fish were being caught. What I mean by that is now we're getting up into the 8, 10, and 12-pound range with a few even bigger than that. Good, solid stripers. So it looks like a pretty doggone good run out there. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a report from uh, Chris Ditter and Mark Wilson. And uh, I, I know it slowed down just a tad during some of these weather fronts. But if you stick around long enough, there's that little window, and these guys have been catching some nice fish. So anyway, uh, Rob Reimers is catching stripers. He'll join us uh, talk about the, uh, the stripers upriver. And there's more and more fish every day, it seems. He also got away for a little trip, a trout trolling trip to Collins Lake. We'll give you some details there. Um, Matt Urban of Urban Escape, who specializes in big fish, was at Pardee yesterday, got a beautiful brown, just under 10 pounds, and I think uh, a six-pound rainbow, if I, if I recall. You know, and he targets. 
big fish. Now, once a while he gets clients that want to go catch a bunch of fish, and he'll do that, but basically he likes to target bigger fish. We'll check with Kurt Porter-Carrera, Sac River Guide, about the consistent kokanee fishing up at Whiskey Town, although the weather did put a little notch in that. Uh, we'll get a report from, from Rick Anderson of Fly Fishing Specialties. Uh, Rick is, was on a trip, and they pulled over. They were on a drift trip in a river in British Columbia, steelhead fishing, and they pulled over in the sandbar and got a signal, and we did a recording, so you'll you'll like that. I talked to Tom Page of Real Anglers. He, Real Anglers is a great little fly shop in Grass Valley, and Tom specializes in the lower Yuba River for trout and steelhead, and will also fill us in on the bass fishing, the fly fishing for bass up at Bullard's Bar Reservoir, because they're now they're starting to catch some big fish there again, which is very, very good. Uh, John Crotty will give us a report from Lake Albanor. The weather hit them kind of hard, too, I mean, as far as uh, results, but they still catch nice fish. Ryan Cook of Ryan Cook Fishing fished for bass at Numalonas, Don Pedro, and McClure this week and did pretty good at all three, and they were all three, even though they're close together, kind of fished a little differently. So it's pretty interesting. And then uh, Kyle Wise will join us. Kokanee, uh, he fished Kokanee at Don Pedro and New Malonis, and now they're starting, now that fishing is starting to be a little bit more consistent, which is good news. I mean, what the heck? I mean, uh, all we've been hearing about is Whiskey Town fish, which still is the best with the average biggest size. Um, don't hear much about Bullard's Bar. Uh, with the inclement weather, but uh, Whiskey Town's still, but still the best. But New Malonis and Don Pedro are knocking at the door, so that's interesting. And then a lot of things uh, have happened. Uh, last week was the Kokanee Derby at Pardee, and um, it was both a Kokanee and a Trout Derby. Well, guess who won the Trout Division? Was Robbie Dunham, who's on this program often. And uh, he took first place in that, he and his wife. Um, then the uh, recreational crab fishing closed because of whale, possible whale entanglements. We'll, we'll uh, touch on that just a bit. And then the ocean salmon seasons were finally finalized um, for the rest of California. You know, the Bay Area's been open May 1st. Everything else opens May 1st from Monterey to the north. Of course, Monterey's open, San Francisco's open, Bodega Bay uh, is open, but Fort Bragg opens May 1st, and then up in Eureka and Crescent City all May 1st. But then there will be seasonal closures, and that's the way they manage salmon in California. So all that and more coming up in the next two hours and 45 minutes on the KFPK Outdoor Show. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, as we discussed last week, uh, the weather is everything for April fishing in the ocean, as it proved this week, and it's as it appears to be ready to prove again next week. And to talk about that more, Andy Giuliano of Fish Emeryville. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Bob. How are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. Well, one thing happened that is normal for the beginning of salmon season, and that is that the fish seem to be congregating near deep reef. Is that what you're finding? Yeah, that's that's a good point. From from the San Francisco boats are running south, anywhere from south of the main Farallon Island all the way down to the Half Moon Bay area, Deep Reef. And then the fish are really stretched out, I would say, from that area all the way down into the Monterey Bay in, uh, centered in that particular area right now. We uh-huh. haven't had a lot of a lot of effort to the west, you know, up towards Point Reyes or the Mar- main Fairlawn Islands, too. I suspect there's some schools of fish marauding out there, but we haven't had the weather or, the, or the, really the, the situation for the guys to take a look out there. But... I suspect there's some fish out there too, as would normally yeah. be typical. Well, when that station, when that ocean uh, turns upside down with some severe weather, uh, that does tend to spread fish and bait out, doesn't it, Annie? Yeah, absolutely. The wind, you know, this, this particular stretch of weather, you know, we had some rain here this morning and and uh, earlier in the week, and then it looks like we're going to get a little off and on rain for another uh, another three or four days here. So that is unusual. The wind blows around from the south. It pushes things around, mixes everything up. Everything tends to get scattered or deep. And then once we can get into kind of a stable pattern here, which would looks like we start the middle part, early to middle part of the week here, um, that that certainly helps everything out. The fish t- tend to be a lot more receptive when when the pattern is consistent and stable. Yeah. Um... The uh, on another subject, I see where uh, Chuck Bonham is, uh, in his particular fashion of communication, is closing the recreational uh, crab season early because of entanglements with commercial crab uh, ropes. I don't know. I I can't keep track of what they do. They're so full of little cliches and phrases, and that that you know. They want you to call um, if the, you see a whale entanglement. So a and I quote here: a disentanglement response team can be mobilized. Um, these people uh, do a lot uh, locked in an office somewhere and don't seem to uh, talk about reality. Uh, you know, they talk about a few whale entanglements in Monterey Bay. And that's the only thing I've heard. I don't know if you've heard any more, but they never talk about, uh, I mean, nobody wants to hurt whales, but if they get entangled, last year when I dove into this and I had an interview with a departmental spokesman who was a biologist, who by the time I got done with them, I felt he was with the Whale Institute, but I asked him, I said, well, what's going on? Uh, he says, well, we're, they don't always get injured, but we feel that it upsets them. And then I go, oh, boy. Yes, we yeah. uh, we feel that uh, it's stressful for them. Well, you know, I'm sure it would be, but that's just one of many things the whales stress out over in an ocean, like ships, killer whales, a few other things. But uh, it seems like they're, they're, they will take any opportunity to shut crab fishing down for either commercial or recreational. And this red and white buoy that we're required to have, I think that is there for one purpose and one purpose only, so they can gather proof that whales do entangle in 
recreational fishermen's lines. What do you think? Yeah, boy, you got there's a lot there, but uh, yeah. So just to go back a quick second, so the commercial fishery was closed because of the entanglement. So that's what yeah. that, that and that's the part of the lawsuit that. Uh, but but they do that in much deeper water than the recreational people. So yes, absolutely. Real, yeah, yeah. And, and that one's kind of that one's got some more uh, pass fail markers on it. The crab fish, the recreational side, first of all, it's just for traps. So if you want to use the hoops or rings or things like that, that the guys have really gotten good at, those are still, we're still able to fish those all up and down the coast. So that part is still open. But that, so that, uh, that adjustment that he made in the recreational trap fishery is based off of their metrics on how many animals they see in their flyovers. So that, and there is no, there are no metrics for that. It's it's just, it's a judgment call on his behalf. So that's can, the problem right have, there. Have fun with, yeah, you can have fun with that one. Uh, yeah. In itself there. But, <laughs> so, yeah. So that one was, and cause we were involved in the meetings and then you know, in the meetings, they, you know, on the commercial side, number of entanglements, they have metrics they have to work off of. And that one was pretty much a done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, but the recreational one was up to him. So, but yeah, it's kind of interesting on the, uh, all of those things, obviously, those the, there's only going to be more whales. So this is only going to happen more as long as there's you know these two situations collide. So, um, and some of these fit whales do get tangled and they do get untangled too. And unfortunately, the way they the 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 left side of this I want to say the left side, but the one side looks at it is if it's entangled, it's considered entangled, and that that throws up a flag. So. Uh, even if they document that it's untangled, and there was one of these occurrences down in Monterey where they, where that whale release team or whatever you call it, did did determine that the whale had self-released the rope. The Which disentanglement team. Yes, the disentanglement team. Yes, <laughs> on their business card. Uh-huh. Uh, so they did disentangle, but unfortunately. Uh, it still counts against the fishermen. So, you know, yeah. the one I touch real, real quick sideways on this too. You know, this the ropeless gear that goes on and on, the ongoing discussion, and they're getting and, the, and some of the trials on the ropeless gear. We've been we've helped out with that, and they are getting better on that. But the problem will always be is nobody knows where everybody else's gear is, and that and t- that will go on forever. They will never be able to solve that problem. If I yeah. put my pot down with no visible buoy, nobody else can tell me where that buoy is, and they can yeah. they can decide and design any type of system they want. That one will never get solved. So that's the yeah. problem. It's not the rope. Well, the people that are coming up with these laws are like, uh, you know, Rob Bada, our current attorney general, who is an assemblyman, I think, from uh, uh, Alameda County, if I'm not mistaken. He comes out. He was ready to pass a law <clears throat> to make these uh, wireless uh, traps law, even though the technology wasn't there. So there's ignorance. The ignorance in our law mar- uh, makers are, is incredible. They just want to pass something, you know, for their careers. Uh, and it didn't make any sense whatsoever. That's the problem, I think. Uh, not the not the intent of it, but but it's like the uh, the CARB, the Air Resources Board, ready to make it a law that would put passenger for hire be- vessels out of business. Not very realistic. 
Yeah, it's it's for votes, it's money, it's fundraising, and yeah. it looks it looks good, and you know, and the press releases too. But, yeah. but that will for for forever until they are able to solve that, which none of us can figure out how they're going to be able to solve. If a guy launches a boat here in the morning and puts five ropeless crab pots out, how that's going to be identifiable to the rest of the community? Yeah, yeah, yeah ridiculous. Will, that one will be the yeah, yeah. that's the tough one. Andy, good luck on the weather this week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll keep catching the halibut for you, Bob. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Andy Giuliano, to book a trip, area code 510-652-3403. Stripers after the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, before we talk to Chris Ditter of Headbrush Sport Fishing, I do want to say we got cut off there a little bit, but uh, they're still catching halibut in the bay, and, and they're trolling for them. That's the best method. It seems to be out fishing, uh, you know, drifting the tray bait. So if you're trolling down there with hoochies or rebels or rappolas or whatever, you're, you're catching halibut. There's a lot of uh, halibut just under the uh, uh, legal size, but enough over the legal size to make it worthwhile. So there you go. Now, striper fishing. Uh, we had an influx of big fish this week. Chris Ditter joins us right now to talk about that and where he's fishing. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, you uh, started the season a few weeks ago, kind of going back and forth between uh, the Sacramento and the San Joaquin over on the West Bank. You know, schools of fish move in there. Everybody goes over there and fishes. And a lot of times, everybody was catching fish. But as the fish move in to the San Joaquin, you, you seem to prefer that. Maybe less boat traffic, but you've had a pretty good week there. Where are you fishing? What area? Yeah, yeah, we've we've moved over to the San Joaquin and, and been staying in the San Joaquin. And I've been traveling up and down. Uh, I'll spend some time down over by Antioch, and I'm stationed right outside, of course, Pirate's Lair, so I'll fish right outside of my marina. Um, and, and the nice thing about it, the, the fish are everywhere. They're everywhere in the system. Um, all my friends are coming back with limits. Uh, but, Bob, the, the coolest thing is, is the size fish that everyone's catching now. A lot of teens are, are being caught. Uh, we had a, I had a trip out by myself uh, when I had to bring my boat back from getting worked on. Uh, I hit into four teens uh, that day. Uh, just amazing wow. what, what we're seeing uh, going on and, and um it's nice to, if you're looking to get away from the traffic, you can do that now because there's fish all up and down the system. So you can just cherry pick little spots you might have fished before or uh, experience uh, or, or experiment with new spots, uh, you know, a point, a rocky point uh, next to a tule berm. It, it's, everything's got possibilities. Yeah, and that's what I'm seeing. I, I'm seeing everyone catch, even the guys that are throwing jerk baits, lipless crankbaits, swim baits. Um, guys that are just trolling with two rods are coming back with limits. It's uh, it, it caught us all off guard with the numbers that everyone is putting in the boat. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's amazing. It's fun. Um, you, you can get away from the crowds again and, and have nice, peaceful days out here. Um, and the fish are shallow and they're deep, so you can get them both ways. No, uh, we were talking not too long ago, and I mentioned it earlier in the program today that, I mean, I was uh, I was convinced 
that we had a bit of a collapse in striper numbers because of zero evidence for almost three months or more of numbers of fish and big fish because not only were they not in the delta uh, where at least a few are during the winter they weren't any place else that we could find nobody was catching stripers anywhere and then from right now uh, Chris from Calusa all the way down to Sacramento now up to San Joaquin like you're saying you can't find a spot that maybe doesn't have stripers that's pretty good that's really good. Yeah, and like you said, we are we are all concerned because it, it looked like last year, the beginning of last year, was still really slow. But, you know, you're still grinding through some limits. Um, but it wasn't what, like what it was four years ago. Then all of a sudden, the light switch just turned on, and holy moly. I mean, these fish are uh, – they're big. They're they're mean. They're, they're just <laughs> fun to fight. Um, yeah. So it, it – we and here's the thing is we still have a really – uh, in the next few weeks, a lot of great fishing to come. So what, what's happening now is just the start. So, um, you know, we're probably going to troll for the rest of the season. I'll be here to the end of April. Then I'll be moving out and going to Lake Tahoe. Um, so, but that's our plan is just to continue trolling. Um, shallow yeah. As opposed to like drifting minnows or something like that. Drifting minnows. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, if I, okay, so let me back up. If I have to switch over to minnows, if the fish aren't in the trolling lanes, then I'll, I'll switch over to, to minnows because then I can go drift minnows in four feet or 40 feet. It, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. So I have that flexibility. Uh, but with what I'm seeing and what I'm predicting and from seeing from years before, we're going to have some amazing couple weeks ahead of us. Yeah. What are you trolling with? I use Yozuri deep divers. I use their shallow divers. I use rattle traps. I also use the Atlas rig, um, which is an uh, umbrella rig. Mm-hmm. Very, very effective, um, uh, uh, you know, catching fish. And um, that's really all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the uh, the shallow and the deep kind of go back and forth, uh, or, or is it mostly shallow? I'll, I'll switch. You know, if, if I'm not getting the bites, because everyone knows when you pull into an area, you'll know right away if the fish are there and they're biting. If they're not there, I'll switch over uh, to deep. But, but the biggest thing is I don't waste a lot of time. Um, you know, I get calls on, and, and people asking this question, hey, do I just troll to my next spot? No, reel in, put your big motor in, and zoom to your next spot and get there because we only get so many drifts a day. And, and at the end of the day, yeah. you know, you got to have fish. So that's a. Uh, that's an important tip there. You know, don't troll your next spot. Just pick up and get over there as soon as you can. And that's what we do. We move around. And uh, oh, The other thing I do, Bob, is, is really important. Sometimes I find these fish prefer to bite in a certain way, meaning that they may want it going with the tide or against the tide, or sometimes they just don't care. So I will always go both directions first before I leave an area. Oh, that's a good, that's good, good tip. Uh... I know a lot of people would prefer to troll upstream just because it's easier to control the boat. Uh, the hang-ups you get aren't as severe because you're not going downstream at a, at a much faster rate. Um, but fish sometimes, I, I agree, uh, you cover a lot of ground. Just like you fish salmon, you cover a lot of ground when you're trolling downstream. And um, don't, don't leave it out of your... Uh, your repertoire for for techniques yeah no it uh there's been plenty of times where i've 
literally will go down and, and they want it some way. And, and once we do that, I'll pull back upriver and I'll drive all the way back and repeat because it just, you know, the fish will tell you. They'll tell you what they want. Um, sure. You know, in, in the speeds that they want and the colors that they want. Um, so, yeah, we're we're always changing and adapting to to what the fish are, you know, yeah. changing to. Well, we're, everybody is happy that it turned around and it looks like. Uh, you know, we were just hoping for an average year, and it's got signs that it's a better than average year if you put it out over the last 10 years. What do you think? You know, it, this is a really great <laughs> year. Uh, I mean, just to see the amount of big fish getting caught out in a single day, you know, so if you're going out for eight hours, you have the chance of hooking into three, four big, big fish. Uh, and I'm watching guys do it. Um, and, and, uh, they're putting them back, so that's the good thing. Um, that's good. And good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's, this is exciting. You know, we're going to fish today. We're going to fish through this rain. We're going to see what uh, what today produces, and and uh, yeah, we're we're going to attack shallow. We're going to attack deep until we find them. Okay, Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in. Good luck today. Thank you, Bob. <clears throat> okay, take it easy. He's got a nice big boat, comfortable, dry. His number to book a trip, 916-284-9236. It's another thing, you know, and this is what I love about stripers. You know, I'll get out there troll. I can troll for so long. Then I want to go do something else. Well, you can sit there and cast. You can just cut your motor, drift by a pump, uh, a wall, anything. Cast rattle trips. Uh, cat, cast fish traps, little swim baits. You can throw great big surface plugs, and you may catch some of your bigger fish doing that uh, if there's not a lot of activity in the area. So you can fish for stripers anyway. You can fly fish for them uh, anyway at all. They're a great, great game fish, I'll tell you. After the break, Mr. Dan Bacher of the Fish Sniffer. Don't go away. Welcome back. Welcome back, uh, Mr. Dan Bacher. The fish sniffer joins us right now. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Bob. I got a big story for you. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. On Thursday, April 14th, federal grand jury returned a five-count indictment against Dennis Falashi, who was the former manager of the Pinoche Water District, located on the west side of the San Joaquin Valley, in both Merced and Fresno counties. Mm. And they charged him with conspiracy, theft of property, and filing tax returns in a scheme to steal over $25 million in federal water from a leak in the Delta Mendota Canal. This, this <laughs> indictment was announced yesterday in a statement by the Department of Justice. And this is pre predominantly a farming district. It contains 38,000 acres serving irrigation water for agribusiness. And according to the court documents, Falachi exploited a leak in the Delta Mendota Canal and engineered a way to steal over 25 million in federally owned water. It's a 25 real million what? 25 million what? Uh, dollars. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, twenty-five okay. million dollars in a. Okay. Uh, this started in nineteen ninety-two, and it continued until it was exposed in two thousand and fifteen. And it's a long, complicated scheme. Um, how he, you know, they get into the details of how he engineered. <laughs> he took this this leak, and then um, did a, a lot of engineering on it, but <laughs> to to divert the water from the canal. And he ended up instructing employees to use the site to steal the water from the Delta Mendota Canal until the site was discovered in April 2015. He used the proceeds of this theft to pay himself and others exorbitant salaries, fringe benefits, and personal expense reimbursements. Okay, he's also charged with filing tax returns in 2015 through 2017, and he also failed to report over 900,000 income to the Internal Revenue Service <laughs> that he received from private water sales. And this so guy just doesn't go points. down. He crashes and he goes down in flames. <laughs> I know. If convicted of theft of government property, Flachi faces a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison and a fine up to $250,000. If convicted of conspiracy, he faces a maximum penalty of five years in prison and a fine up to $250,000. If convicted of the tax charges, he faces a maximum penalty of three years in prison and a fine up to $250,000. Okay, how does this relate to fishing? Well, it has everything to do with it because this guy was stealing the water. Yeah. Um, to, to go to drainage impaired land on the west side of the San Joaquin Valley, water that was stolen from the public and stolen from salmon, delta smelts, striped yeah, bass, yeah. and other fish yeah. species. And in and, the meantime, in the meantime, uh, all the farmers down there, when they don't get their water, they complain and they blame somebody else, mainly the state or the feds, and. It's uh, they should have looked in their own closet because there he was. <laughs> yes, Jesus. And it's just it's just amazing. I mean, this, these, I mean, these guys are saying, "Wow, we got an opportunity. Nobody's going to ever find out about this." Yeah. So, because most people they see what they're doing. Oh, they're just, you know, they're just operating that canal. They're fixing the canal. Yeah. They're good citizens for doing that, you know. If you just saw them guys out there, oh, they're just <laughs> they were stealing it. Yeah. And, and uh, twenty-five million dollars of it, but uh, that would buy yeah, a lot we'll of water. Find out how the judge sentences him, uh, and yeah. they the, in the press release that the federal government sent out, they said the charges are only allegations. Defendant is presumed innocent until unless proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So we'll see how yeah. how the court decides. Well, and, and, you know, the uh, all these canals, because the farmers pump far too much groundwater, the infrastructure is collapsing. And, of course, they, they blame the state for that, too. But uh, yeah. the infrastructure is collapsing, and it makes you think, well, if it can happen here, where else could it happen? Because there's a lot of problems with infrastructure for uh, uh, throughout the entire San Joaquin Valley along these right. canals. Yeah. Pretty right. interesting, Dan. Pretty interesting. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is a, um, one of the several 
West Side Water Districts. The biggest one is the Westlands Water District. Right, right. And then yeah. there's the Grasslands Water District, and then this is yeah. the uh, Pinoche Water District. Yeah. Of course, the Westlands, uh, several years ago, uh, in, in the oh, yeah. line of these irrigation companies, was only con- convicted of lying to its own customers, which is not too different than this guy stealing, because... Uh, right. Westlands was basically stealing as well, you know. So right. uh, that's a, a fine group of people down there. Not, not only do they take the water from the fish and everybody else, but they make a big profit doing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't already get enough uh, um, right. subsidies right. from the federal government. Exactly. Thank you, Dan. That's a good job. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Dan Bacher, the fish never. Isn't that something? It's just something about water, you know. Uh, It's worth stealing, I guess. Okay, after the break, we'll hear about striper fishing upriver and a little trout trolling in Collins Lake. Don't go away. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 